Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It's the 2nd of August 2021 and this is podcast number 13. 2nd of August 2021, where is this year going? This year, by contrast with last year, is just flying past. With COVID lockdown starting yet last year in March, roughly March here in Australia, the year seemed to really, really drag for me being stuck in Australia. But this year, to be honest, has just flown past and I find it hard to believe that it's now August and we're heading rapidly towards my Finland workshop this October. As I said in my last podcast, I am so excited to get back into the forests of Finland and photograph the uh, wild wolves and uh, wolverines. Really looking forward to that. And as I said, I'm going to do some more podcasts on that uh, soon. In fact, speaking of Finland, I have just put up the dates for my 2022 winter workshop to Finland. If you're interested in checking that out, there are um, details on my blog and on my website, and I'll put a link to the show notes as well. So if you're keen to join me in Finland in winter, uh, it's a beautiful part of the world to be in for wildlife photography, then you can check that out. And uh, if you're interested, drop me an email for more information. So the topic of today's podcast is going to be uh, how to make better photographs. And this is a topic that came up as a result of a question, actually, that I was asked during an online uh, photography question and answer session. And if memory serves, the question was, you know, what should I do if I want to make better photographs? Now, at the time, I thought about it for a brief moment and, and gave an answer. But I think the question actually deserves more analysis and a deeper dive actually, on how to improve. Because I think the, the, the real answer on how to make better photographs is quite complex and involves a lot more than the technical craft of photography. So I'm going to address this question from my own experience and my own perspective. But I want you to keep in mind, this is what I do and this is what has worked for me and what I find continually works for me. It may or may not work for you, but I suggest at least that you consider giving it a try. So I think to kick off, at the risk of stating the obvious, the first step to improving your photography and taking better photographs is actually understanding that you really need and or want to improve. Uh, you have to admit, not only admit, but realise sort of deep down that your photography perhaps isn't very good and you often have room for probably significant improvement. In other words, you have to be your own harshest critic. And this is quite a hard thing to do. Now, that, that first step or realisation is... It's extremely important. It's the real key to improving your image making. Now, if you can swallow that bit of pill, and to be honest, most people can't as they lack insight into their own work in my experience. Um, and if you're willing to make the commitment to improve, then you're well armed to greatly you know, improve your image making skills and your photography. In fact, if you can take this on board, I'd say you're well ahead of the vast majority and will likely make incredible inroads into taking better photographs if you apply uh, what I'm going to discuss here in this podcast. So just before I dive any deeper on this, I think we should probably follow up on a comment I made in a past post on my blog where I talked about being um, conscientious editors of our own photographs. You know, I think as photographers, we have to be truly objective when we edit our own work. And we have to be prepared to admit that the images we took on a given day of a given subject are perhaps not very good and that we should probably go back and try again. Now, it's an obvious thing to say, perhaps, but it's a skill very few photographers actually possess to be able to recognize this. You know, most photographers will look at their work from a day's shoot. They'll pick the best image from the day, and usually they fail to see past it. But here's the rub. The best photo of the day isn't necessarily a good photograph. It's just the best you could do on the day, and there is a real world of difference between the two. So you need to be able to understand what makes a great photograph versus what was the best you could do on a, on a given day. So putting that aside, let's assume for a moment that you've taken that first step 
and you've admitted to yourself that your photography has dramatic room for improvement. You've eaten humble pie, clean slate, and you've got an open mind to learning and improving. So what, what do you do if you want to take better photographs? I think the very first thing to do is actually to take a moment and pat yourself on the back because you've probably just come to the realisation and um, you know of something that most photographers will never get to. The simple reason is that most people can't see past uh, their own work and they feel that, you know, the, the self-recognizing need to improve, they don't recognize it in themselves. But they're wrong. And as a result, they'll likely never make significant improvements in their photography. Now, even though I've personally been photographing my entire life and I've made a career from my image making, I still feel personally like I have an incredible amount to learn and a huge potential for improvement and growth. And this is something I continually work on a lot in my own work. Um, you know, I think I definitely am and remain my own harshest critic. And I think that's really, really important if you want to produce fantastic, you know, great photographs uh, consistently. Now, I think in order to, you know, in order to make better photographs, we really have to understand what it takes to create them. And, you know, it, it requires a lot more than just turning up to a, to a great location in beautiful light. Now, there are, in essence, two distinct aspects to the creation of a powerful and emotional photograph. There's the obvious technical craft, and that's both field craft and post-production craft. And then there's artistic intent. Now, these two aspects of photographic creation are really diametrically opposed. They're polar opposites, but they require coordination of both left brain and right brain activity. So therefore, the production of a high quality, powerful and emotional photograph is actually a combination of and function of both sides of the brain. So one side of the brain needs to deal with the technical aspects of the camera equipment, and the other needs to create the photograph in your mind's eye. Now, the real trick in my experience is that the side of your brain that is dealing with the technical aspects of the photographic craft, you know, turning knobs and dials on the camera, um, that needs to be put in autopilot and sort of left to do its thing so that you can free up your brain to be totally creative. Now, you can only do this if you've mastered your tools and have muscle memory of your camera controls in combination with enough field experience to sort of just let the technical side of your brain run free. Now, if you can do this and graduate to this state, you're going to be freed up to be creative and to properly connect with the subject on a level that allows you to say something truly interesting. And that, I think, is, if you like, the key to the box. You need to be able to say something interesting about the subject. Now, I discussed this at length in a recent podcast uh, on why a new camera might be detrimental to your photography. I'll put a link to that podcast in the show notes if you haven't checked that out and you want to do so. Um, now, you have to, of course, hone your technical craft to the point where it becomes muscle memory, because if you have to stop and think about your camera controls in the field, then I guarantee you're probably not producing your best work. Uh, you have to keep in mind that field practice is almost entirely about the technical craft of photography. And whilst it is important, it's not more important than your artistic intent and vision. Now, artistic intent is developed through a study of art, reading photography books, and an emotional and often passionate connection with your subject. And I've also talked about passion and connection with your subject in, a, in another podcast, and I'll also put a link to that in the show notes, because having being passionate about the subject you photograph is extraordinarily important if you want to make great photographs. Uh, the long and the short of it is, if you're passionate about your subject, you're going to make great photographs. Now, you have to most master both the technical craft and continually develop your artistic intent if you want to consistently create strong photographs. Now, most photographers focus only on the technical craft and they ignore the artistic intent. Now, I think Ansel Adams probably said this best, there's nothing worse than a sharp picture of a fuzzy idea. 
And what he means by that is technical perfection without artistic intent is a one-way street to banal image making, which is why formal photographic tertiary courses spend so much time on artistic intent and teaching art. In fact, in my opinion, the real benefit to a formal photographic education is not the technical craft. That can be learned anywhere. It's learning to hone your artistic skill set. Now, the technical craft of photography obviously requires field practice and a lot of practice. It's a bit like learning a musical instrument. You know, the more you do of it, the better you're going to get. Uh, in terms of field craft, though, it's important to recognize that the path to improvement is not about blazing away in the field in the hopes that one or two shots might be decent at the end of a long day. Now, that sort of machine gun approach might get you the odd decent photograph, but it's not a vehicle to the production of consistent high quality imagery. So if you shoot enough, obviously, eventually you're going to make a good photograph. But it's far more satisfying to be able to produce quality work on a consistent basis than it is having to wade through, you know, probably thousands of poor images in the hopes that you might find a good one. Um, you know, and if you don't take the time to educate yourself on actually what makes a good photograph, there's a very strong chance you may even miss your strong photographs during the editing process. Now, during my travels and, and work as a, as a professional photographer, I've had the good fortune to meet and travel with a great many photographers of very different skill sets and with wildly varying degrees of talent. Now, almost universally, those photographers that have previously studied photography, art, or have an interest in art or some sort of art background, consistently produce better and more emotional and powerful work with a deeper meaning than those who don't. And I think it's important to understand why that's the case. Now, it might seem obvious on the surface, but once you master the technical craft of photography, the creation of a good photograph becomes about an artistic statement and an impersonal interpretation of the subject. So in other words, the process becomes one of a creative statement about the subject that you're photographing. Now, the photograph is your ultimate statement about the subject that you create in your mind before you click the shutter. This is a very difficult process if you haven't yet mastered the technical aspects of image making. In fact, it's pretty much impossible for most photographers to ever get to this state because they never truly master the technical aspects of making a photograph because they're too busy upgrading their camera rather than learning to use the tool they already own. Now, when it comes to artistic intent, it's important to note that you as the photographer need to be clear on what it is you're trying to say about the subject when you take a photograph. If you don't know what you're trying to say when you've produced the final photograph, then there's little chance the viewer will connect with the photograph in any sort of meaningful way. I mean, content is king. Uh, I can give an example of this. In fact, I've had this happen many times where I've been giving print critiques here in Australia for the Australian Institute of Professional Photography, and I'll ask the photographer, you know, tell me what this photograph's about. And they'll say, what, they'll either say something like, what do you mean? Or it's about whatever you want it to be about. And I'm like, no, it needs to, you need to know what you're trying to say when you photograph the subject, if you want the viewer to be able to connect with the subject. Now, what you can do, and one of the best ways to gauge an image's success, is take a print of a photograph you, you're really proud of and give it to someone whose work you greatly respect and gauge their reaction. Now, if you don't know what you were trying to say about the subject, and if they can't connect with it on an emotional level, then it's likely failed as a photograph. So you have to be open to critical and constructive feedback during this process, but the benefits are well worthwhile if you want to improve your image making. Now, um, in order to make you know, real tangible improvements to your artistic intent, I think you need to make a significant investment in time. It's not enough to book a photographic trip, some, trip somewhere every six months or spend you know, an occasional weekend with your camera in, interest, in an interesting location. You've really got to invest in yourself 
and make the time to study art, read photography books and make self-education a priority. Now, you need to spend time building up the muscle memory of your camera controls, that's field craft, but you also have to spend at least an equal amount of time learning how to say something interesting about your photographic subject. Now, saying something interesting about the subject is critical, whether it's regardless of whether the subject is polar bears, you know, supermodels, pet dogs, kitchen utensils, it doesn't matter. Now, one of the best ways to improve this skill, I think, is to look at the work of other photographers whose work you admire in your chosen genre. So, and I don't mean flicking through a few images on their website. I mean, you actually have to sit down with one of their photography books, <coughs> excuse me, and spend some real quality time, you know, absorbing, analyzing, and studying the photographs. You know, ask yourself, when was the last time you sat down with a real quality photography book and took the time to really absorb and study the images that are inside? I can think of a really good example of a friend of mine who's a very good photographer and he, you know, he really wanted to become good at the intimate landscape style of photography. And he spent a lot of time studying the work of Elliot Porter, David Ward, and other masters of that sort of subgenre of landscape. And he put into practice in the field the approaches he learned from studying their work. And his photographs of the intimate landscape improved exponentially. And after a lot of study and field craft, he's probably now one of the contemporary masters of that style. And it was really fantastic to sort of watch him on that journey from afar because he worked hard and as a result, his work improved hugely. Now, what you can do, instead of spending all your time taking photographs, you should aim to spend an equal amount of time, or probably more actually, looking at the work of other photographers and artists and learning how they craft their images, how they compose, how they read the light, and what it is that they're saying with their photographs. Okay, you're going to have to not just look at their work, you're going to have to study it and analyze it. You're going to have to grasp the principles of their approach so that you not only understand their composition, but you can start to pre-visualize stronger compositions in your own photography. And you have to look deeply enough to see the meaning in the photograph. Understand what the photographer was trying to say with their, photo with their photograph. It's a key to unlocking the part of your brain that will get you thinking like an artist and not like a technician when you're out in the field. Now, the ultimate aim uh, is to know what you're trying to say about the subject as you're pressing the shutter and to subsequently be able to convey that statement to the viewer in the finished print. Now, that's very hard to do. But if you can do that, your photograph will be far more successful than any image that is technically perfect but lacks any sort of emotive quality. Now, if you do make the investment yourself to significantly improve and commit to not only mastering the technical field craft but improving your creative vision, you will create really powerful and emotional photographs on a far more consistent basis. In, basically, you'll make better photographs. Now, in my own genre of nature photography, I recognized many years ago that the creation of a photograph is first and foremost for me about being out in nature and enjoy, about enjoying the experience. Now, nature inherently fails to cooperate, you know, subject, light and, and weather, they, they never do what we want most of the time. So being a successful nature photographer is about realizing that most of the time you're going to fail when you're out shooting in the field. However, every failure brings us closer to a success. So it's important to keep trying. I like to tell myself that even if I didn't make a great photograph today, I still have to have had a great day out in the field. Now, irrespective of what nature may serve up on a given day, I think I owe it to myself to give myself the best possible chance to create a photograph. So I do devote, you know, a significant portion of my time to my artistic intent, uh, much more than I do actually to honing my technical field craft. So give it a try. You know, you might be surprised at the, at the results. So there we go. That's my thoughts on how to take better photographs. 
Um, I hope that will be of use to you and I hope that, you know, you'll apply that uh, in your own photography and that it will help you make better photographs when you're next out in the field. So that's it for today. I'm Josh. It has been the 2nd of August 2021 on this beautiful winter's day and I look forward to seeing you out in the field where you will be honing your technical craft and hopefully putting your artistic artistic intent to good use.